how are we saying squirrel? Squirrel? Squirrel. 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 How do you say the umlaut? umlaut? I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. Anyone squirrel. speak German? Let's go for squirrel. Let's go for squirrel. Hello everyone, and welcome to episode 65 of Picky Bastards, the show where three bastards try and be as picky as possible. Hey! Yes! <laughs> Something like that, anyway. Um, How is that the first time everyone's ever said that? I like that. <laughs> I just thought I'd be as kind of to the point as possible. Um, every month we take a listen to four new release albums, one classic album, and one of us explains why we love a specific artist. Um, I'm Sam if you don't know already. And as usual, I'm joined by the other bastards, Fran and Matt. How are we? Um, Pretty good. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Melting. Yeah. Melting. Um, yeah. Breathing in smog. Yeah. All sorts of things. I don't slowly, need to breathe. Slowly dying. <laughs> but other than that, fantastic. All good. Um, so this month's albums, um, the new releases are Nails by Benefits. Why Does the Earth Give Us People to Love by Cara Jackson, Phase Luna by L.A. Priest, Silver Haze by Squirrel, and then the classic is Little Earthquakes by Tori Amos, and I will be saying why I love Madonna. So nice. let's go. Um, let's go. Fran. Let's that was which, so efficient, Sam. Yeah. Let's get yeah. to the let's get to it. Who let's do it, man. I love it. This? It's great. Woo. I don't care how you are. Like, let's, let's <laughs> miss that out. No, no, no. It's all good. Let's do it. Question. Let's get to the albums. Yeah. Which which album fan was the most immediately thrilling to listen to? Okay, well, first of all, Sam, I want to thank you for this question. I, I love it on the rare equ- occasion when one of you gives me a nice, easy question that I don't have to think about or look up a dis- dictionary definition like with Matt's last time. The answer to this question is obviously Nails by Benefits. It was thrilling from the very opening seconds of the very first listen, and it remained thrilling for me for the whole month. Um, I think songs like Warhorse, Shit Britain and Mindset are musically thrilling. They're so energising. I went for a run to this album this morning, and it was it was just, yeah, it was joyful in a really angry way. Um, but I think the real thrilling thing about this album is hearing someone present such pure unfiltered anger in the way they do i think that's just that's always kind of a thrilling thing Um, and i think it becomes even more so when they're angry about things that reflects things that you yourself are angry about um so yeah i i I thought this was fantastic um i should also add that i first listened to this album just after a weekend away during the coronation um everywhere i turned during that weekend there was flag bunting I went for lunch in a pub with some friends and that awful racist family in the big gold carriage was on the TV. Um, So I listened to this the next day and it was just really thrilling to hear someone screaming, wave your fucking flag again and again in a really angry voice. I I really needed that at the time. So yeah, that was fantastic. Um, And I think to name a couple of specific, I've named a few of the best songs, but Traitors is is an incredibly, I'm going to keep saying thrilling, really thrilling song. Um, I love the whole way it takes on the rhetoric that those of us who identify as left wing or are seen as seen as woke are the unpatriotic scum while people on the right are listening to eating politicians who speak Latin. I just think it's a really clever song. It's a powerful song. And I think alongside Warhorse, it's it's the best thing on this playlist. Um, and yeah, I mean, one thing I suppose is a possible criticism from some people is that they are repeated topics for people on this side of the political spectrum spectrum. But I do think this album approaches it in quite a fresh, exciting way. Um, so, yeah, I was a big fan. Um, for me, for the second episode in a row, we're talking about an album album of the year contender. Um, and I'm going to make a bold protect prediction here at the end, and I'm going to say I'm almost certain Matt will really like it. And I actually think, Sam, that you might have got something out of this album as well. I don't think it's going to be one that you just write off as awful. So I'm, I'm making that prediction as I finish. But, yeah, I loved it. Well, well, we'll leave that for now. Spence. <laughs> jump to Matt to talk about this. What did you think? I, well, Fran is right, unfortunately. <laughs> um, I, he's gone a bit far. I wouldn't say his album of the uh, album of the year territory, but um, that's Fran's favourite thing to do anyway. So <laughs> free, Only three contenders for me at the minute, which is pretty good for me. But anyway. Yeah. But... Yeah, like this idea of like immediately grabbing the the album immediately grabbing you. And um, this 
is a, has so much immediacy to it. Um, I feel like I got everything really from the first listen. And that doesn't mean that subsequent listens, I didn't uh, enjoy listening to it. It just, there wasn't any nuance or depth to the message or what was going on uh, musically. Um, and so it, it just kind of hits you. You get everything first, first, first bite. It's got all the flavors, everything, everything you need. Um, and uh, I think it was interesting. Like somehow it managed to be less musical than like bands like Sleaford Mods, but mm-hmm. still, still be more engaging. Um, mm-hmm. It's not even with that. With that, like it's not one-dimensional, though. I think. Like Fran was alluding to, a large proportion of the album is focusing on this just emotional release, um, and around obviously around a specific topic, but it is about this just emotional release and this anger, and that was kind of uh, it was yeah it was something different to listen to because I, I don't think I've heard an album with so much fury within it, but I, I did typically prefer the the less thrashy and less angry moments like um uh council rust and uh like shipbrand shipbrand is an angry song but it isn't just an outpouring mm. of emotion it's uh, more a, like a logical anger which i think i appreciated um but yeah it's like it's an album that hasn't got any positivity it's sinister it's like <laughs> it's very feels very human very dark and very antagonistic but it it's very engaging. Um, so I think I, I thought it was a really good listen. What do you reckon, Sam? Yeah. So I feel like we've listened to a lot of records that you could kind of compare to this, but I, I, like both of you have said, I, I don't think there's, we've had anything that's as immediate as this and it's mm. to the point, like it, it does what it does. And I, it's not exactly an album you can enjoy. It's more of like an experience that you like have to go through. I really appreciate how direct and like lyrically dense it is. Um, so like, like tracks like shit Britain and flags and traitors. It, it feels to me like someone at, at a protest, like on a mm-hmm. megaphone. And I feel like that's intentional. It's got this kind of chaotic energy and it's very like, it's like venomous, but, it's also like a trustworthy voice. And I think that's what sets this aside from some of the kind of more aggressive kind of like, I'm saying what I think kind of things. It, mm. This feels way more genuinely politically charged in a way of it being, I am say I am making statements on this by explaining this in a way. And I'm, I, I do this very well. I'm conflicted if it kind of opens too strongly with Marlboro Hundreds and Empire, like as in too loud, because I actually think there's gonna look there's a lot of people that would get a lot from some of those other tracks. Like I think I think Council Rust is a great moment, yeah, and I think that have a bit more musical depth. I think those sort of tracks kind of made me think more of like K Tempest in that sort of vein of like spoken yeah. word with music that accompanies it um but i also get that that's kind of the point it's got to be it we are to the point it's got to go in first so I'm, I'm a bit conflicted if i would have enjoyed it if i hadn't made those assumptions so early on maybe mm. um but yeah I, I think it does what it intends to do and it's genuinely like a punk protest record that's a bit of a racket at times but <laughs> it feels like that's the point um yeah, yeah. so I, I think of these sort of albums this is one of by far one of the best ones we've done i think i also listened to marlboro hundreds before like literally like an hour ago and i was walking down the road and i thought this is it, this is like weirdly inspirational like the yeah. the, the lyrics are like you it, i can't i can't remember the exact word wording of it now but it's like um, you are unique, you are a, per- like, kind of, and I was like, this is like a kind of punk protest version of, like, a Lizzo song, like, kind of, like, <laughs> I could listen, I-, I could see you running to that and being like, yes, I am, I am this, yeah, <laughs> this is inspiring yeah. me, like, to do something, to take action, 
and I feel like that's what this album like achieves the best. Yeah. Um, yeah. And achieves well. I think there's bits of that throughout. I think I know what Matt was saying about it not being a, it's a almost relentlessly negative album, but I think there are bits throughout songs where they are like, your situation is okay. Like in, I think in Traitors, they talk a lot about sort of, yeah, like this, it's not us. We're, we're not the ones who fucked this up sort of thing. Yeah. And I know that's not like a positive, positive, but it's like no, but a it's, bit of an affirmation yeah. for people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 You're not alone in this mm. pit. <laughs> yeah. Which is another K Tempest sort of message, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Honest, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so my predictions were basically right. Okay. Yeah. Hopefully you're wrong now. Um, yeah. Okay. Anymore. Matt, uh, which album stayed with you longest through the month? Um, this this one was, I think it was quite easy for me to pick. It was um, Tori Amos's album, Little Earthquakes. Um I didn't really know what to expect. I I hadn't heard of Tori. Like, I've heard of Tori Amos, but I didn't know what music she made at all. Um, And so putting this on for the first time, I was like, oh, okay. And there's so much, like, drama in everything. Um, Every song seemed to, like, build up with lots of layers in interesting ways. It felt very, like, raw and open throughout. And sometimes it got so raw and open it was a bit uncomfortable but like still like a worthy listen um i feel like the obvious comparison is someone like kate bush or who i don't Mm. think we've covered or um i think maybe for for the time period um we covered the fiona apple album Mm. which seems to be have some overlapping genres but i feel like it was much more engaging than that initial Fiona Apple album we covered. Um, I forget what it's called. No, oh, the um, um, the classic one, not the Fetch of the Bolt. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, the classic, the classic. Yeah, it's got a really had... long title. That's all I remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, like, even though, like, I think one of the criticisms I had of, the, going back to, of that Fiona Apple album was it was, like, too much just, like, plinky, plonky piano and just mm. vocals. And there was a lot of that in this. But it felt like there was a lot more interesting things going on, um, like in Crucify, like when the like the massive drum comes in, um, and that, that, that's the opening song. It really feels like this much. Uh, it feels like a massive moment, and it feels already like this album's going to be an epic. Um, and then in the song, I think my favorite song was Winter, because like it had a pretty catchy melody, but then like after every minute, something new would be added to the song. And so there'll be like the, the, there'll be um, strings come in and then there's some drums come in and then there's some extra like little noises here and there. And, uh, but then it would all pull back to give this like very bare end to the song. It just all felt very uh, like precise and calculated and like they knew exactly what they were doing. It felt very uh, like orchestrated and arranged in a really uh, uh, deliberate manner. Um, but despite all this like construction, it also felt very playful throughout, and the like uh, lots of like fun wordplay, and um, and yeah, so I, I really really enjoyed. Like I, I kept getting a lot of the songs stuck in my head. I read somewhere that like her music gets more experimental beyond this, so I'm like really curious to check out what happens beyond that. But it, it felt like for me like a proper a proper classic, one that. Maybe I'm not going to go back to all the time, but I got a lot of from learning mm. about her and learning about this album. So yeah, yeah, I I'll jump in because I go feel like it. I share a lot of thoughts on this record with you. Where I pretty much all of my opening bit that I've written down is like I thought she was going to sound like Fiona Apple basically, um, yeah. and then the Kate Bush link I, that really caught me off guard like the, to me mm. that's that's what really jumped out as the most obvious comparison it's the theatricality of everything and i i feel like it's that along with that the playfulness where she'll she'll sing things in a very kind of like like saccharine way but like intentionally so but then do another bit and it'll be really kind of like really beautiful and gorgeous like way of delivering it and i for me this album is just front to back 
so engaging and really enjoyable. Um, I think Crucify as an opener is fantastic. Um, I think she wears her influences proudly. Like I, I hear like Fleetwood Mac, I hear Elton yeah. John in the way she plays the piano. I hear all of these things, but it really does feel like she's creating her own sound throughout it. Um, I think Happy Phantom is great. I love the piano on that one. I think Silent All These Years is gorgeous. Um, it's so brutally honest in the lyrics. Um, and I love the title track like as a closer. Um, I think the way she sings on that song is such a thrill. Um, she's just daring, which isn't really something I would have expected with this sort of album. Um but then I also found it quite fascinating actually listening to this like side by side with Madonna, just because of mm. I I actually heard quite a lot of influence that went into the Madonna records that came after this, in especially in the way that she sings and the way that she constructs these songs. Um, it felt very nineties this whole album, um, which I I think was an interesting one to do because um, I think some of the albums that we do from that era, I think either sound a little dated for that time or sound really forward thinking. And then this feels very much of the era. Um, but yeah, I loved this. I think it's one of my favorites we've done as a classic. Um, and it, it made me go, why have I never listened to Tori Amos? Like mm-hmm. what? Surely yeah. <laughs> I can see myself in another life. Like, being a massive fan at this point like going to see her show like if i listened to this for years that like, i i don't i just don't really understand i, I don't know how <laughs> it's passed me by but yeah this is a great album does, does she still make me. music yeah That's she had a me. really um <laughs> i think i think her last album was like quite critically acclaimed um in like okay 2020 or something or maybe 2021 yeah, she did bring one out relatively recently yeah just a like similar recent. time to when um belinda carlisle brought that one out that did got loads of acclaim as well because i think they they were similar yeah times i think yeah yeah so yeah what do you think fran um well i didn't expect this much agreement so early on today but i i liked it as well like, a lot more than i expected to i think maybe i knew of tori amos tori amos and some of her music a bit more than you two by the sound of it mm. i think she was yeah. someone that maybe my sisters heard a little bit and i remember one song that wasn't from this album being absolutely massive when i was young and been been i think number one for quite a while i remember it being a huge deal um and i didn't have any interest um and i, I would never have picked this as a classic because i, I just wasn't really interested and when you picked it i thought oh all right another classic to not really care about but i do it was a pleasant surprise i, I did enjoy quite a lot of it I, I one thing i would disagree with that you said is that i don't think it's good i don't think it's as good all the way through um i think the first half is particularly good i think crucify that you both said is fantastic great pop song um and i also really like girl which i think is the second song i think it has these really hypnotic haunting verses and a really memorable chorus um i think that might be my favorite um i think it's quite varied in the first half i think the piano and the percussion are the sort of through line that really hold it together and weirdly i am also going to bring fiona apple up but in a slightly different context i think happy phantom actually sound like it could have been on fetch the bolt cutters which kind of showed me how Mm. influential how influential tori amos was because a lot of a lot of that fiona apple album that kind of people said was so original and came out of nowhere has that sound to it I'm not taking anything away from it when I say that. I love that album. But um, yeah, then for me, China is the first song that I didn't really like that much at all. And I think the album becomes a bit less convincing for a while after that. But then I think it ends with Me and a Gun in the title song, and and they're both great. Um, Yeah, she's a really interesting performer. The music's layered, it's varied. And I don't think it sounds that dated, but then I suppose I get what you're saying in terms of no, it sounds like it's, it's from when it is instead dated, of it sounding, yeah. Yeah, it, it has the kind of, that the, the sort of music that was really popular at that time. Yeah, and, and which we're returning to in some ways now, aren't yeah, we, as well yeah. with the sound. So maybe that's why it doesn't sound dated. It sounds almost like some stuff that's coming out today. Mm. Um, so yeah, um, as, class, as classics go on the podcast and, and considering what I was expecting, this was much better than I, I thought it was going to be. Um, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not probably going to rush out to buy it or anything. But I did. I was impressed. Nice. Well, 
So there that you go. Was, um, we're feeling good so far. I know. Um, Come on, let's moan about something. Okay, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna jump in and yeah, talk about La Priest. Okay. Um, cool. Because I've just found myself asking a question every time I listen to this album. And the question was, would I rather be listening to Tame Impala? And mm. the answer was always yes. And <laughs> I feel bad because I I don't think there's anything like really objectively wrong with this album. It's just sort of a, a non-event. And it, I just think, it, I feel like I've heard every single song on here before um, done better by someone else. Um, mm. I think it's you and Misty kind of stand out. Um, I like uh, the guitars on those songs. Um, but then there's a song like Star, which just uh, just sounds like so many other songs. Like, and then it sounds like a load of songs stuck together. And it doesn't really know what it's trying to be. Um, I think in general, it just doesn't go anywhere. And it feels like songs start and then maybe a bit of promise and then nothing really happens. And then we're on to the next thing. I I just think there's lots of bands that make much more dynamic versions of this record. Um, I think like No More, that kind of sounds like a psych rock version of like an Arcade Fire song, which just isn't isn't a compliment it, it just doesn't work and I, I i think the whole thing just doesn't hit like i think it's supposed to so yeah i was left a bit nah on la priest who wants to jump in i'll, I'll jump in um yeah. because one of the things you said sort of made me think about the last la priest is, is it i think it's la priest but anyway la whichever priest? It is. am i saying la, la priest wrong i see i don't know but i, I that's i I, yeah, I said la priest last time and then got corrected by um one of the other editors on the site james so i'm going with la priest so that james doesn't correct me um <laughs> you can correct me this time um but yeah we covered the last one and a lot of the stuff you've just said there about it sounding like anyone else has done these songs and we've heard it before that was not the case with that last album um i'd i'd never really heard an album like that and i found it really interesting and i bought it on vinyl i loved how chaotic it was it was really intricate but really sort of energizing as well um that that previous album would have been a, another perfect answer to your question today about which album was immediately thrilling but this album is distinctly not that it's the opposite of thrilling um i don't know if unthrilling is a word but that is what it is um like my immediate reaction to it was basically just oh that album just happened and I, I totally missed it. Like it keeps all of the intricate guitar that he had last time. It has the loops, it has the wobbly vocals, but it's got none of the pace and none of the drive that that album had. So, having said that, like at, at first it did nothing for me. Um, I was pretty let down. My opinion has shifted slightly over the month. Um, like I've had a couple of closer listens in headphones while out walking in the sun and, and it does have some merits to it you know it's it's kind of it's a relaxing album i never know if that's a good thing um yeah and it's got some of the things that made the last album really good but they're just presented in a in a different way i can't remember which songs you just mentioned but like it's you and on i thought were standouts and, and had some personality but they're also these songs with a bit more pace um mm. so the ones where the pace has gone yeah so yeah so my my view improved slightly over the month, but my original concerns do remain. It's not captivating. It's not particularly fun. It's nowhere near as interesting as the last album. So yeah, a bit of a disappointment really. Matt? Cool. I, I have, I, I changed my mind about this album. I like, it's definitely his least interesting album he's made throughout all his projects. <laughs> um, so that should mean I don't like it. Um, it like it doesn't yeah like Fran was saying it, like his prior stuff was like had a brand of quirky synth pop with that had drive to it and it was like esoteric but in an interesting way but this um, is kind of a little wishy-washy it for me it felt like this is uh, barbecue music you put it on and yeah. you're chatting <laughs> with friends and it's it is that summertime a feeling 
Um, but I like I read about how it, like when he made this and he made it during lockdown, but he just so happened to be locked down on a beach town in Mexico, and mm-hmm. so like while he was having a lovely time, <laughs> everyone <laughs> the shit was hitting the fan, and he was able to pump this out. Um, yeah, and I. Like it, it serves a place, but I just don't think it's expanding his like portfolio of interesting music um, mm. at all. Um, and it, the like, all of you have mentioned uh, um, it's you, and that's because it sounds like his old stuff. <laughs> and okay, uh, so that's like, yeah, I don't know. And, like you'd see, he's like trying to experiment. Uh, there's one point it almost sounds like he's making calypso music with guitar like his electrical <laughs> guitar but like do we want that i don't know i don't think so um but yeah yeah a little bit disappointed but also I- i'd happily put this on if i'm entertaining friends <laughs> <laughs> you say that about so many average albums man yeah. you don't ever want to come to a dinner party <laughs> well, it's, you don't want you don't want something offensive you don't you don't want something that distracts from I your want benefits your trans- putting benefits on that's what he's <laughs> yeah. going on god Wave you from i'm not sure what will be worth <laughs> fran back to yes. you okay. you can pick one of the other albums we haven't covered okay i'll talk about cara jackson because i think it's okay. probably the most interesting um why does the earth give us people to love um so I picked this because it was getting ridiculously good reviews. I think it was Pitchfork's best new music. Um, everything I read about it was very, very positive. And I think that really, really got my hopes up. Um, I expected to just immediately love it because there was a lot of, a lot in those reviews that, that spoke to me. You know, it's my, it's my, it's my kind of music. Um, but at first I found it really quite difficult to get into, quite harsh and a bit impenetrable. Um, I think a lot of the folky singer-songwriter albums we've featured recently have been like really pretty bedroom pop and and this very much isn't that um but yeah i think it's the perfect example of how uh, repeated listens can can improve an album um and how much how much it can make a difference if you're actually able to give your time to it because this just kept growing on me um i think she has a really unique um difficult to imitate style really i think both in her vocal performance and and in the way she plays guitar i think there's a track called no fun slash party and she just plays the same five note guitar lick throughout but um the way it changes pace and then the way she melds her vocals around it really changes the tone of the song as it progressive it, as it progresses it becomes sort of really tense and pensive and i think she does that kind of thing throughout really i think the s- seemingly simple arrangements make the songs seem a bit uncomfortable in a way, like they command attention in a way some of that prettier music we were talking about, I was talking about earlier, doesn't. And yeah, her words are a big part of that, her lyrics. She has some great one-liners. I love the line about it's hard to have patience when you're waiting on luck like a postal truck. Or um, on free, she's got a line where she just says, have you thought about the price of my mouth? And I just think she's got some really like dark humour in her in her words, which is great. Um, but then she can really keep up an intense story. Um, I think the title track, which talks about the death of a friend and the idea that we're all just waiting for death um, and how pointless life can feel at times, that's that's a really heavy song. Um, but yeah, she's also, it's a lot of it's heavy, but she's also really funny at times. I think Dickhead Blues, I love that she just keeps telling her ex that she's actually pretty top-notch. It's like, it's a great, great little line again. Um, so yeah, I liked it a lot in the end. Um, I'm not sure it totally lived up to the absolutely rave reviews read. Uh, if I had any negatives about the album, I would say that it does feel a bit long. Um, I think like 15 minutes shaved off might have improved it. And I think some of the songs, even ones I liked, do outstay their welcome. Um, I feel like some of it could have done with a bit of an edit. Um, so those things did help hold it back from being an absolute favourite, but, um, I thought it was really promising. She's she's 23. Um, she's writing some really interesting, different music. So I'll be really excited to see what she does next. And, and I, I did like it. Yeah. Um, it's weird. I, I've i written down like the literally the opposite of what you <laughs> described, Fran. Like I actually okay. found this was like the easiest of the records to really? like, enjoy at first. Oh, I yeah. felt <laughs> like the, as in, 
I the appeal of it was so obvious mm. up front. Like I, I think the way that she sings is so unique and dynamic, and everything has this kind of like classic sheen to it mm. that's kind of, I really liked. Um, but then I do agree with you in in some ways um, with some of the things you were saying didn't really work for you in that mm. I actually think that the album feels a little bit directionless um, mm. at times. And I think it, it doesn't, it doesn't go as far as I kind of wish it would. Um, th- there's a few moments where it, I kind of would do with a little bit more of a variety musically. Um, mm. There's a few glimpses of something like a bit bigger in scale. I think, I think Dickhead Blues is a standout. I think the title track is probably the best song on here. And they, they remind me of the Brittany Howard album mm-hmm. um, where there's like really interesting lyrics, but it's like a really powerful, engaging performance. But I think I didn't like this album as much because I don't think it had the same musical variety as that, that album did mm-hmm. where it was very experimental at times. Um, yeah, I, I it just left me wanting a bit more. And maybe that's a good thing because mm. I feel like I would listen to another album. Um, there was more than enough here that I did enjoy. Um, but yeah, I wasn't like rushing back um, as a whole record to listen again. Yeah. What did you yeah, think, so Matt? I, I think I'm somewhere in between you two. Like I, I found this quite hard to listen to initially as well. But I, I, I did grow. It did grow on me. But I, I, it did have this kind of almost like sinister edge to it throughout, which did mm. almost feel intimidating, like more intimidating than the benefits have <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> but like, there was a lot in there that I found really interesting. Like there was lots, considering it's like I feel like this kind of indie alt folk merge is like very common and it did feel somewhat like a fresh take on it. And I think a lot for me that I enjoyed was like the little flourishes and little production things that she did to um, make the songs interesting or like transform in different, different ways. Um, I think no fun party is one you've talked about a lot that Mm. has a really interesting progression throughout it. Um, but like part of that is that she's adding like reverb in different places and she's um it swells into into specific it swells at specific points to match like the story she's telling and um, and so it feels like there's a lot of choices and ideas but overall it is that thing of like some of that kind of she almost has like this swashbuckling charm which just kind of sits back towards the end of the album um, and it gets less interesting. And I also just, I didn't think her voice, like I thought her voice was engaging and it was really great, but I feel like I've heard that voice before. I didn't think it was that unique. Um, and I didn't think her, like uh, the way that she's arranging, that like the guitar playing is also that unique. It sounded very like noughties, alt rock vibe to it. And um, just brought into like maybe a slightly softer space. And um, but I think I don't know. I'm still going back and forth with this one. But I, <laughs> as you can probably tell, I'm not. I don't think it's. Yeah, I'm not going to listen to it again. But there was some cool shit in there. <laughs> wow, good review. That is good yeah. review. Yeah. yeah. Do you want it? Should we stay with you, Matt? And you can yeah, go I through can about squirrel. 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 This, I. This was like sometimes when I, <laughs> I haven't made my mind up about any of these albums. I think I I, I generally I actually, I actually quite like this. I I think it had it was like interestingly diverse. Moments of it felt like a lot of it felt like a soundtrack, um, hmm. and like looking at like the the guy who does it, he's a film director, so it kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, for, you, for those who don't know, it's Jim Jarmusch, who is, I think, the main contributor to this. Um, but yeah, so it has this very cinematic feel. Um, and it has, I don't know, there's so much, like, the opener, it's so much doom and ominous tone to it. Um, there's no lyrics, but it still feels very compelling. Um, 
but then there's other moments which I don't know, end of the world and Queen Elizabeth. They're interesting, but it does feel like after listening to like the Lennon Cohen recently, it does feel like they're just going after old Lennon Cohen with the like slow, heavy vocals over and this kind of very like plodding uh, melody. Um, I think the duets were duets were the duet with uh, Annika. Mm. I really like the balance of the two voices, but they did it did make the male vocalist seem <laughs> revealed how bad a scene he was. <laughs> but uh, like, even though I'm bringing these negatives, like as an album as a whole, it it created this kind of atmosphere and tone that I did find. Uh, like enjoyable to listen to and I, I did um, enjoy the, uh, putting this album on quite a lot so I, 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 I'm quite positive about this um, yeah yeah what about you Fran? weirdly similar thoughts in a lot of ways I think I mean I feel like I should dislike this um it's really odd I don't really know what to make of it there's a lot of it that's just instrumental which isn't usually my thing and as Matt's kind of just um pointed out when there are vocals they're not the best um and it's fucking pretentious as hell but yeah we know that's not always (laughs) that's not always a problem for me in the same way as it is for for some of us um but yeah I despite all those flaws i do find it weirdly charming like i don't know there's something about it it is really eerie it is atmospheric um i think one thing that's definitely in its favor is often you get albums like this and they'll make the songs 42 minutes long and they'll drone on and on and on and mm. and, and this doesn't it's a really short album it, it, it's short it doesn't outstay its welcome um, so it doesn't ever get to the point where I'm like, oh, God, all right, we've had enough of you now. So that's got to be a positive because um, when things are this pretentious, usually they want you to listen to them for three days at a time. Um, and it makes sense to me as Jim Jarmusch. Uh, I, did know, I did only find that out yesterday, um, but it makes a lot of sense because like his films um, or some of his films, it, it kind of does its thing without ever really making a lot of sense, but still kind of entertains you. Um, so yeah, I kind of enjoyed it despite myself. Um, another one today I'm unlikely to really listen to again, but I am glad that we, we listened to it. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just a mad album to like unpack in your head, isn't it? Like uh, at, at times it's like, it's, it almost feels like it's got like a metal sensibility to it where the, Mm. like the spoken word type of like storytelling it feels like listening to like War of the Worlds or like kind of like yeah. you know what I mean, like a story album. Um, that Queen Elizabeth song, you can barely hear what they're saying. Like it's so distorted. But yeah, it does. It does have this kind of like charm to it. I'm sure you're gonna hate it. And I think musically, there's loads to enjoy here. I think like that final track is really enjoyable. Um. I just don't know if it comes together as a whole album for me. Mm. I think the vocals especially are too disparate. I find the moments when they sing together, um, I think there's a song she don't want to talk about. Um, That song feels like the one kind of like song on the album. (laughs) It's like a complete song. But then it kind of just proves everything else is like all over the place and actually ends up being less interesting because the other stuff is kind of a bit more out there. Yeah, so it, it's kind of a bit of a weird thing. I, d- I don't, if there's meant to be a unifying like through line, I've missed it. <laughs> I've not <laughs> paid attention to it. If there's meant to be a story or a, it's very like prog rock. But mm. I think you made a good point, Fran, that it's like, it's nice to hear that sort of album and to not yeah. be sat here dreading it. I didn't dread listening to this. I was like, mm. maybe I'll get more from it this time. And I did each time. It's just, it's it's not, it, it didn't really come together as a whole piece of work for me. Um, Kind of like the whole playlist, which... <laughs> was very all over the place 
I, I, do you both agree with that? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of bonkers. It was all over the place, but I was just thinking in preparation for this question, like how would I actually rate this playlist? And like, there's no album I dislike, like totally, yeah. which is which rarely happens. Yeah. And there's one I, one I really love, one that I was quite excited by, and, and like a classic that was good. So it's like, it's that's a pretty good playlist for us, really. So yeah, I kind of yeah. end up thinking it's a pretty decent one, but weird as fuck. I guess I guess the the one drawback for me is there's none none of these albums I'm walking away and going this is going to be an album that's with me forever now, um, but that's a pretty high bar. And how often have. does that? <laughs> yeah, on here. I, I don't know. I mean, the benefits Maybe. one will be with me for quite a long time. I think it's, yeah. it's hard to say with that kind of music that you know it's difficult because in in twenty years it might seem totally out of date. Probably not. Yeah. <laughs> We'll, we'll be hearing it when Fran invites us around for a barbecue. Yeah, sure. exactly. Um, it's my it's my daughter's second birthday soon. I'm thinking that's the that's the <laughs> for the uh, for the party. Wow! Wow! Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's that's the playlist. Nearly, it, there's just the best part of it all still to come, which is me introducing you both to an artist you've never heard of before no one's ever oh. heard of this woman no. absolutely fresh not. upstart i know um so yeah i i'm going to talk about madonna so i i don't even know where to begin to explain <laughs> what madonna means to me or just madonna in general i mean i've heard both of you cover like genuine legends before and like mm. like bowie and you you did a Bob Marley one recently, Fran. Um, even like Jay Z and stuff. It it's hard to begin to unpack an artist yeah. that's like so embedded in culture and our lives. Where it's like whether you're a fan or not, it's it's difficult that you'll find a person who's never at least heard of Madonna. Yeah. Um, so there's no point in me sitting here trying to explain like why Madonna is popular and why Madonna is important in music. But I, I thought instead I'd, I'd kind of, and that's kind of why I didn't, I haven't picked lots of the hits, like the big, big classic songs. Like you like a prayer isn't on this Vogue isn't on this. I love those songs, but you don't need to hear that. You know, those, <laughs> you know, those songs. Um, I, I, instead I'm, I'm just, I just kind of want to just talk through some very specific moments that I can remember from like my life that feel like so entangled and soundtracked by who I feel like is the the all-time greatest pop star that we we've ever seen. Um I, I think I think my earliest like vivid memory of Madonna isn't even that early in my life. Like I don't, in the scheme of things, I think you remember things when you were a little kid. Mm. But I think it's 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 definitely the music video to Frozen um, from Ray of Light in 1998. Um, I'd have been around six or seven at the time. And like, I think the rest of the world, my mum had kind of found a new love for Madonna again um, as kind of, she'd sort of returned in a way to being in a position in pop music where she worked with Willie Morbitt for the first time and it, it kind of really opened up her music to a lot of new a lot of new people. So for me, and I know loads of people who are my age, wrong side of 30, <laughs> where Ray of Light is is the t- first touch point for Madonna is, is basically that's what I think of when I think of Madonna and seeing this person um, and seeing something so visually stunning and outrageous and just otherworldly in these like music videos and the whole Ray of Light era does, does that for me and has always done that for me. I think like Frozen, Ray of Light, Sky Fits Heaven, doesn't really matter. And my personal favorite that this playlist opens with, um, Drowned World, Substitute for Love, they're like huge, huge hits. And yet it's it's so daring and forward thinking. It's not, there's no kind of 
um, there's nothing's obvious and ev- everything's pushing a sound forward. Um, and at that point, the world kind of embraced Madonna again, um, where it feels like that that was her peak again after the kind of 80s peak. So Madonna was played in our house a lot for, for all of those years. The follow-up album music, heavy rotation, thanks to my mum. Like my my all-time favourite Madonna song is on that album, Don't Tell Me. Um, and these songs just sort of started to become the soundtrack to like lives. Um, I, I was still pretty young during all of this period, but like my older brother, Matthew, who is going to claim entire credit for me knowing mm-hmm. who Madonna is as if everyone doesn't know who she is. Um, he like became a, a diehard fan. Um, I, just heading after that, heading into the kind of 2000s. Um, and I just have so many vivid memories of of that era of the kiss at the VMAs with Britney and Christina, the music video for American Life when it was kind of cancelled on TV and wasn't able to be shown because it criticised Bush for the Iraq war. Her appearance in bond in the most awkward scene any actor has ever had in their career they these are like pop culture moments that stand so vividly in my mind and i have to talk about them because they they kind of encapsulate what madonna has been for me and throughout my whole life um because i think she is on a completely different level to nearly other artists through every like era of her career um she set the tone for pop music that's to come and define like the cultural moments by pulling from influences, but bringing them into the mainstream. So whether or not she's originating some of these things, she's, she's bringing them to an audience that maybe hasn't experienced them before and kind of shapes culture around her. And I, I don't know, I genuinely don't think there's anyone that's managed to do that to the level that she has in in her whole career um i think the moment that took me from being like someone who just in, knew her music and enjoyed it and um, to being like a fan was like 2005 um I, I was in i was a teenager in school still just trying to figure out how to navigate being a teenager but i i'd never felt a cultural moment was as important as the lead up to the release of the song hung up, which to everyone else, that doesn't sound like that would have been important. It wasn't important, but me and my brother, like it was the most important thing to be happening Mm -hmm. in the world at that moment. And we would, they showed like clips on the TV every like day in the lead up to the release of the video. And it like debuted on TV and I feel old saying that like, I was excited <laughs> about a music video debuting on TV. Um, but that whole album is the era of Madonna's career that like means the most to me, the Confessions on a Dance Floor um, album. I constantly borrowed the CD from my brother and I would listen to it over and over again and he would have to come get it back off me. Um, I remember going to Woolies to buy the Sorry single because I wanted it to go to number one. I kind of, the years of the, the that Confessions album and the follow-up Hard Candy, which some people think is not a great album, but I personally have many memories of that. Just, it, it all also like solidified my friendship with my brother because it, Madonna was such a key part of our friendship and is still to this day. Like when I talk about like, uh, an artist like Madonna is so linked to how close me and my brother have always been. We've we've always been the best of friends. And even more years later, we finally got to see her live um, in 2012. And that was the, the MDNA tour, um, which is objectively her worst album. And all fans will tell you that it's, it's not great. But I just have a special place in my heart for that because that moment and everything surrounding that felt like an important part of kind of my journey with Madonna. Um, And that's why there's a song from the album Masterpiece, which is on this playlist for that reason. Um, 
her tours are just legendary. No one, no one can do arena shows like she does. You, any arena show you see now owes a debt to those early Madonna arena shows in the mid nineties that where she was pushing, pushing what you would do in an arena so hard. And from the theatricality to the, the way that the stage is constructed, the way that the dancers move and the way that she performs songs in a new way, she's got a, like a rock star mentality, but with a pop star attention to detail. Um, and what I love is that she always performs as if she's still got something to prove, even though she absolutely does not. She she could just rock up, do not very much. People would love it. She could just sit there, play the normal track. But she gives it. And sometimes, sometimes it's like, I didn't need a 12-minute version of this song set to kind of like indian instrumental drums but she's gone for it and she's trying it and and that sort of attitude is so that's what i want from my kind of stars i want them to be giving it and trying things and being daring and be not not kind of holding back she's she's never held back at all um so yeah like maybe this wasn't an interesting way of going through anything because it's basically unrelated to the playlist because um, a lot of the playlist hasn't been mentioned. Um, But I know both of you are going to have well-formed opinions of Madonna already, of someone Mm. who's such a big artist. But for me, there's there's no one that has ever done what she's done and managed to be so daring musically, so politically focused and so direct in their music. I know that having someone like Madonna speaking out against injustices may seem pointless to some people, whether it's gun violence or racism or kind of LGBTQ rights or anything for people across the world. Every time she's done something outrageous or she's spoken up, years later it's seen as a powerful moment of change and it's always in retrospect I'm just thankful that she's managed to consistently always say what she thinks and act and do everything she can um, to kind of try and not just be someone who says things and then never does them. Um, I think music not not just pop music not just commercial music but just music in our lives genuinely i don't think would be the same without her i find it incredibly exciting that i can say i can say that about someone who has such a bonkers diverse baffling discography like this like this playlist is all over the place and i'm fascinated to know what you thought of any of the songs and um because i i think in terms of huge commercial stars she's by far the most exciting and she has been for four decades and um, longer than i've been alive she's been <laughs> so that's it nice what do we think sorry that was a very long one for me. that was great it's good it's good good to listen to who do you want to go to let's go to matt okay yeah um so i i i have to say the the playlist was great um it was really interesting to um dig into some of the stuff that weren't the obvious songs and i know you have your reasons yeah. for that um because yeah we do all know um the, the the big hits but like um there's a lot of songs i've just never heard of before um yeah. and i was i was kind of i was expecting a lot of fun from this album uh, from this playlist but it's mm. it is fun, but it's also like moody and emotional and experimental and weird. There's like so much going on, and yeah. I guess it makes sense as it's like, like you say, it's decades worth of material. But I think for me, it kind of forced me to reevaluate what, like, because I my my family are, are one of the ray of light music yeah. music people. Mm. We had that. It was one of the one of the uh, or they were two of the albums that were very regularly played. And then I, we get to the die another day and it felt like Madonna almost became like a, a joke and she kind of fell out a little bit. She wasn't, um, 
making as 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 impactful music at least for me and um, and then uh like um the the what is it the hung up came out as well mm-hmm. and that was just so inescapable that i just <laughs> refused to appreciate because <laughs> it, it was one of those pop moments that was just like for fuck's sake yeah <laughs> inescapable is the word yeah yeah absolutely. um and so being able to like re-listen to Madonna and be like, oh, actually, she isn't just this uh, pop machine, or it, she isn't just like a joke. She's she's making all this music that's really really interesting and like a lot of very cool stuff that's is super influential. And specifically to re-listen to it, like I've re-listened to Ray of Light as a whole as well now, and I'm just like, this is such a good fucking album. It's so much fun. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so it, it's been really like really good to like get reacquainted with her properly. I think, um, and yeah, it's, that is a, it is an interesting discussion of like who is the most influential person in in music in music history, and like for someone to be making pop music, um, that is normally considered to be like much more superficial like the fact that she's in the conversation and probably because of that impact, because it is popular culture reaches far more people than your more esoteric bands and weird true musicians. And it like, yeah, it's, she's got definitely got a good shout for that. Um, Yeah. It's like, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it all basically. (laughs) It was was really good. There are obviously some songs where I'm just like less into, but like overall it's like super, super, like super interesting. Like I hadn't listened to her like 90s and 80s albums and you were obviously getting giving us cuts that weren't this necessarily yeah. singles or singles that have lasted. And I haven't heard hardly any of those. And they're just the, the... so inter- like, I think the thing I found interesting, like we complement a lot of music we listen to about how they fuse genres in interesting ways mm. like she's been doing that for decades and like yeah. that's something i feel like i maybe overlooked a little bit yeah it, i think i think it's the when people talk about like reinvention and that was always a thing that was talked about with her is that like each album would reinvent and be completely different to the last yeah um and when you if you listen like through if i'd put this in like chronological order you really you hear popular music at, through the years, yeah. um, and I, as you go into the nineties, the, the sound of those albums is so current and so pulls from what other people are doing. Or like she'll have a song with Massive Attack on the album, and she'll do a song with Prince in the mid mid to late eighties, and she. And she's in. She's involved in the current sound, not just kind of doing it because oh, I've got to be relevant. It's she's in it, um, and yeah. it's fascinating to hear that through the decades. Um, and even now, like I didn't include anything from her last album because I, I'm not a huge fan, <laughs> um, and I haven't really listened to it that much. But even that, it's got lots of kind of. Um, it's it's very based on like Portuguese um, traditional music, and it's um, it pulls from kind of lots of like modern hip hop as well, um, and it's like I'd rather she's doing that and tr- and being daring with it than kind of rolling out another song to try and be like, oh, here's another holiday for the fifty millionth yeah. time. Like <laughs> it's kind of like that was done. Um, but yeah, Fran, how was yeah. your month? Okay. Um, so, well, listen, loads of what you're saying rings really true. Um, like the stuff around her being daring and innovative and always doing something new and, and not just doing something new for the sake of it. I mean, you think back, I weirdly was listening to Madonna before you by the sounds of it, because it was a big pop. Madonna was my sister's favorite artist my older sister and there's there's photos of her dressed as madonna in the fucking long white glove and everything as a kid i had a i had a mixtape that i made a a literal mixtape on a cassette for a girl i fancied when i was in when i was about 12 and it was all like 
Britpop and all that sort of stuff. And then it had it had um, Britney, um, the first one, which okay. the name's just totally got. Um, Baby One More Time. I'm a, no, what's the first? Baby One More Time. And then it had yeah. Material Girl on the other side, just the two random wow. uh, pop songs that came out of nowhere. And um, and I, you know, talking about I've been daring, like, like a prayer, I genuinely think Like a Prayer is one of the best pop of all time. Um, and that video... You couldn't get much more daring than at the time that it came out. So all of that rings really true. And I'm not, you know, I'm not here to to be negative. But I, I do want to say that I think you you lied to me in your playlist, Sam. I feel like you did it on purpose. I feel like those first two songs. I was oh, because like, oh, I started really acoustic. Yeah, yeah. Drown World to Shoot for Love is fantastic. I liked Ecstatic Process. I was like, oh, do you know what? Maybe, maybe there's hope. <laughs> maybe I have got it wrong. Or maybe he's going to prove me wrong with this playlist. And then you kind of pulled the rug under from that quite quickly with um, Impressive Instant, Get Together and Open Your Heart. Um, open Your Heart particularly was more like what I was expecting to hear. Oh, yeah, that's a classic. That's a big yeah. song. I assumed not, you'd Not my favourites. But if I'm being honest, there were there were other bits that I liked throughout. I think Human Nature I already knew. Human Nature is a good song. Um, I don't. You've said it's your favourite, and I don't understand how or why. But I do like Don't Tell Me. Um, don't tell I think it's really fun. But it it's, it feels like I should hate it, but I do like it. Um, <laughs> and I think Sorry is a really good pop song as well. Um, so yeah, I think that's great. Um, but yeah, other than that, there are definitely songs that reconfirm my my previous feelings of finding Madonna quite annoying. Um, I, I I don't know if you want me to list songs that get on my nerves. I can if you want. But um, <laughs> what you want is I mean open space. Yeah, um, pff, open your heart deeper and deeper. Masterpiece, obviously, Lucky Star, obviously, Into the Groove. I can, I can, I can leave all of those. Um, so yeah, n- no major conversion for me here. Um, I said Madonna annoyed me when you said you were going to pick her, and and she does still annoy me quite often. But then also uh, there are some really bright spots on the playlist, and there are stuff that I enjoyed that I didn't expect to. And and listening to you, this always happens with it happened with Fatboy Slim last time. It's happened with other ones we've covered when I've been like I didn't really enjoy that. But then listening to someone talk about them reminds me of other things that they've done that I do really admire and, and, and Madonna is huge for a reason. Um, but yeah, some, some songs make me want to punch myself in the eye, but some of them are great. Is that a well, good place to end? Yeah. <laughs> we can, we can end there. That's fine. Um, I'll, I'll send that note directly to Madonna. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm sure she'll listen. I'm sure she'll care. Yeah. Um, to the podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was nice yeah. that you didn't just pick all that. I will say that last thing that it was, it was interesting that you didn't just pick all the obvious. Even though I, when you said you were picking her, I was like, oh, I get to listen to like a prayer for a month at least. And then you didn't pick it, so that was a bit. No, a bit that's yeah. no point. No <laughs> point. Such a good song, though. Such a good song. But anyway, yeah, on. you can no. just add that on the end when you listen yeah. to this playlist by yourself. Yeah, <laughs> all those times that I'm going to do that. Yeah. yeah. Um. Cool. That's that's it for another episode of Picky Bees, Picky Bastards. Um, our <laughs> brand new website is now live, actually live this time, and it's full of genuinely great content. Um, I'm not just mm. saying that. There's genuinely good writing on there happening right now. So you need to, as, as soon as you've listened to this, go to pickybees.com. That's mm-hmm. where you need to go. And you can follow us at Picky Bastards on Twitter as well Wee. for more terrible yeah. takes. Don't oh, you're patronizing me because I got it right. I'm just excited um, that someone remembered the bloody uh, handle. I didn't have to tell you, even though it's just the name of our website. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, we'll be back next month with another playlist, including even more albums, in which I have picked uh, But Here We Are by Foo Fighters and Guy by Jada G. Um, what have you picked, Matt? I picked uh, Gengar with the album Red Sun Titans and Mia Follick with the album Roach. And Fran, you'll be hosting. What I'll be hosting, so I've gone with a classic from Hole. I've gone with Live Through This. And then because Matt and Sam have both picked Why I Loves that they probably knew would annoy me in the last two months, I've decided to go with Why I Love Eminem because I'm sure I can return the favour. So looking forward to that. Yeah. (laughs) 
I'm curious. Yeah. yeah. It'll be fun. It'll be yeah. fun. You get to hear about sure. um you'll get to hear about like sixteen year old friend and what a dickhead he was, so it'll be great. Wow. <laughs> that is one to definitely look forward to. Not much has changed. <laughs> Different kind of dickhead these days. Yeah. So, yeah, you can catch us next time and we will see you then. Bye, everyone. Bye.